like your account is Izzy Swan, right? So that's pretty easy. Yeah. Mine's yeah. Voltner Woodworking. So if I said my last name, you might recognize me. But there are people who who just go by random names and they don't even have a profile picture. So yeah, it, some yeah, it's so confusing. It can be, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things that I think, um, especially you know, Instagram folks too. I'm seeing better and better branding is really important. And honestly, yeah. if your name, unless your name is John Smith, um, you know, your, your name is a great brand, you know, and I, yeah. I actually paid somebody, I think it was $7,000 to tell me that back in the day when I was, I was, no, when I, when I started on YouTube, I was think woodworks, you know, that was my oh, thing. Yeah. Think woodworks. Yeah. Yeah. And I know as I was growing and I was started thinking about what my business model would look like long term you know, and where we were, where we're taking this. And, um, you know, I, I, I paid a branding guy to help me, you know, I was like, what, what, yeah. you know, what do I do? <laughs> I'm really right. good at, I'm really good at making stuff and, you know, um, out of the box thinking, if you want to call it that, but there's some things yeah. that I'm not good at. And he said, y- you have one of the craziest names I've ever heard. You know, you're this right. giant dude and you got kind of a feminine, feminine name. That's not super feminine, but, and it yeah. sticks out. He's like, run with it so i was like okay thanks here's here's seven thousand dollars i'll i'll just call myself izzy swan so right i love it i always try to nail the drums i always try to get the drum part you know but you you looked like you were doing pretty good there I nailed it. All right, yeah. sweet. <laughs> hey, everybody, now, but welcome. Now to... I want some coffee. There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to do the coffee with the cinnamon, make it all fancy. Yeah, like now I want, uh, Maggie, you got to go to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the, uh, for the YouTube audience. Uh, <laughs> so it's just a little vis- visual uh, intro there. Uh, welcome to the lounge. I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast, where we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking craft to each other. Every time I say that line, I think that it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be funny. But maybe I need to change the intro. It's craft, you know. Anyway, enough about me. I don't know. I, w- <laughs> I was thinking as soon as you said craft, I thought cheese. Oh but, yeah. You know. All right. Maybe I need to have a cheese maker on. <laughs> Well, today I have a very special guest. He's a maker, a YouTuber, amateur engineer, artist, and master of jigonometry. And I know this because I looked at your bio. (laughs) If you say his name backwards, it's the same as it is forward. I'm talking about the godfather of invention, Izzy Swan. Thanks, Izzy, for being on the show. (laughs) Matt, thank you so much for having me. That's a heck of an intro. So, <laughs> it's a lot to live up to. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm going to go suck my thumb in the bedroom now. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. He called me the godfather of invention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did you know I'm, that your name is the same forward? Burritos. Is, backwards? is this backwards? No, I had no idea. Is it or is it YZ? I, yeah, uh, YZ. Yeah, it maybe. I guess it kind of is. You could pronounce it Izzy both ways, couldn't you? I think so. Yeah. The, and this has yeah, been I an episode of The More You Know. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my last name to Izzy, but the, the instead of a Y, an I. So I-Z-Z-I. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be a palindrome. 
That will not confuse people at all. <laughs> and then you tell them, hey, you spelled my name backwards. <laughs> yep. Every time. Just, mind blown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Izzy, uh, tell me about yourself. The, the elevator pitch, if you will. Uh, that's a tough one because I don't really know how to do that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think you did it pretty well. Amateur was uh, definitely probably a bit over <laughs> the top. I am less than an amateur engineer. Um, maker, uh, maker enthusiast. You know, I want to know everything. I think that's probably my uh, my poison. Uh, I like to build stuff, like to invent stuff. I think more than that, I'm... My family's probably the more important thing to me than all of that. And then yeah. um, as a side hustle, I'm a bit of a businessman, a little bit of an entrepreneur. I'll say. I mean, you have your, your hands uh, dabbling a lot of things from and the reason why I wanted to have you on is, is basically talking about inventions and, and pick your brain on how you come up with ideas and things like that. Sure. I'd be happy to. That'd be fun. So you started back, uh, we talked a little bit in the pre-show, um, you started on YouTube in 2013, uh, yep. but I imagine that your craft goes back, and you also mentioned this in the pre-show, that you were a uh, furniture builder uh, initially, mm -hmm. and uh, did that for many years. So uh, you were doing that obviously before you started YouTube. What was your yes. like big like what was what were you cranking out the most when you were furniture building? Well, we were pretty unique. Um, make a very long story as short as possible. After college, I, I dropped out of school a little early uh, for construction management, and I, I went to work um, as a superintendent uh, for a company that did a lot of kidney dialysis centers, so mm. you know hospital style buildings. Yeah. or small hospital-style buildings. And it was a babysitting job. I didn't want to do it. So I went back to work for a childhood um, boss of mine when I was coming up. I built log homes during the weekends and summers and stuff. And, I, you know, I was thinking I was going to go down that route, but I felt I fell in love with rustic furniture down that path. Mm. You know, seeing we were building log homes and timber frame homes, you know, town and country, white and white homes. So some higher-end, nicer stuff. And right. I got an opportunity to see a lot of styles of rustic furniture. And, you know, back then, a lot of the lodgepole designs, you know, big log beds and stuff, which were cool. But, you know, um, I just offhandedly, someone had purchased a piece from um, uh, Barney Bellinger, which is a guy up in the upstate New, upstate New York area. Uh, he, used, he, owned, he had uh, Soggy Bottom Studios. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and it was it was our, it was Adirondack style and not like not and when I say Adirondack most people think chairs, right. but this is um, birch bark twig mosaic, um, and not just you know not just someone took some birch bark stuck it on a piece of furniture and slapped some twigs in the shape of a heart. Right. This was real art. I mean, real art. Yeah. And um, I'm a fifth generation uh, tradesman. I grew up around furniture and the trades. That's you know, I mean, it's in my blood. Right. And that's, I was trying to escape it by going to college, <laughs> but I, I took a lot of those skills that I had and started building that style of furniture 
and I wanted to be the, you know, everybody wants to be the guy that builds one piece every three months and sells it for 70 grand. And, oh, yeah. You know, gets his name name up in lights along the who's who in the New York and Cody, Wyoming and Big Sky, Montana. That was me. I yeah. wanted to be that guy. Sign me up for that. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I ran that path for like a year, year and a half, built a handful of just what I thought at the time were amazing pieces. And for my skill level and um, artistic ability at the time, they were pretty amazing. Yeah. I was constantly pushing myself past my capabilities. Um, but, you know, young family. Married, started having kids. I'm like, I got to put food on the table. I can't, you know, my shop, you got to love this. My shop back then was a 16 by 24 foot, um, just floor that I built off the ground in this up in upper Michigan, up in the UP Mm. down Sturgeon river road, just down the road, just down the road from Pickett dam. And, uh, I couldn't afford to do any more than that. I just put this floor down. So it was like, you know, a de- kind of like a deck framing with plywood on it. So I went out in the woods and cut down lodge poles and, wow. and turned it into like this lodge pole frame and put tarps over the top of it. <laughs> that's what I worked out of for the first, that's what I worked out of for the first year and a half, you know, wow. using, using like literally, I think I have one or two around somewhere. I have to take a peek for them, but, um, yeah. That's all. That's what I had, and I mean, I I was buying broken Craftsman table saws and fixing them, so yeah. I had a table saw. You know, that's what I that's what I could afford back then. Yeah. Uh, but I, I that's how I got started, and um, I quickly realized that that wasn't going to do it. But I loved the furniture style, um, so I I went in and started really hunting people that were doing it at a production level. Yeah. You know, what would it look like if I could build pieces that were pretty amazing? You know, not not that you know. Definitely not seventy thousand dollar pieces, right? But what if I could? What if I could build a production line that was really, really good looking, gorgeous, and um, but do it at a production level? And back then, a production level meant like ten or twelve pieces a week. It wasn't, you know, yeah. what it turned into later down the road. So I figured out how to do it. You know, um, I, I put a lot my first line together of rustic furniture, bark, birch bark twig mosaic. Um, and I went out to sell it to the world. I literally had packed up. Back then, I was driving this freaking 1982. It was a like this puke brown suburban. You know, I mean, it was bad. Like, yeah. and if you if you ever been up to Upper Peninsula, the old the old vehicles with the steel bodies. Yeah. Like, there's rust around all the wheel wells, and they're just falling off. You know wow. that that's what this thing looked like. That's great. And I drove that all over Wisconsin, all over Lower Michigan. I drove it everywhere. Yeah, you know, my first car was a was a '85 Dodge Sportsman van that was rusted and brown and brown and red. We called it the Brick. Nice. <laughs> my my first one was a um, AMC Eagle station wagon. I traded it for a horse and a cow. I kid oh. you not. So, <laughs> Are you serious? That's <laughs> dead serious. That's hilarious. So, but um. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I had one guy that I stopped at. I had everybody was interested. Everybody was like, "Yeah, we're interested." And, um, you know, I had to. I literally had to sell what I had in that truck and trailer to make it home. Like, wow. I, I didn't have gas money to get back to the house. Yeah. And um, I remember the third stop I had made was um, in uh, Traverse City, Michigan, and this guy. 
uh, just had just bought what used to be Traverse City Salt Box or um, Traverse City uh, Woolen Company, City Bay Woolen Company okay. in Traverse City, Michigan, and he, he turned it into a rustic furniture place. And he bought everything I had right on the spot. Didn't haggle on price, nothing. He bought everything. I, he said, I'll, I'll take it all. When wow. can I have more? You know? Nice. Um, so I, w- I went home. <laughs> I hired somebody. <laughs> I bought a. I bought. I bought. Back then, it was the the um, Home Depot's version of the table saw. Uh, the rigid. Rigid had oh. just came out. The back in the day when it was still really boxy and had the metal, the metal wings that you could see through. And right. you know, and I thought I was in heaven. I had a great table saw, and yeah. um, so I just reinvested all the money and started buying better equipment, and then got. I, I kind of have a mechanical ability i i'm you know just never trained into me i just (laughs) yeah yeah um and i've I've always had it i mean when i was a kid i was the guy that was always taking the toys apart to see how they worked you know i didn't it wasn't really into playing with them so so i started figuring out how to build things faster and when you're building that style of rustic nothing straight nothing square nothing everything is round natural curves and movements Mm -hmm. So you really have to think abstractly about how you're going to design equipment to make stuff go faster. Right. Uh, so I started doing that and I got faster at making them. I was able to sell them a little bit less expensive. I mean, I was still making better money by selling them for less than I had sold them before. Um, but in higher quantities, just by building them faster, you know, instead yeah. of taking a, a half a day or a, you know a day to build a, a sofa table i could make four sofa tables in a day now with me and a guy wow you know and i could sell them all if my prices were a little bit better right so that's what we did um wow. and it, it turned into a very successful uh business for a very long time um and then everybody knows what happened in 2008 yeah um you know we had at one point, we had 21 employees, um, which isn't huge, but for that, it is. Right. For that style yeah. of furniture, it's not. It's a very niche market. Um, we did pretty well. And then 2008 yeah. hit, and I remember hung a, had great guys working for me. I mean, mm. they became like family. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that I would have let go of a year, you know, a year earlier. But we hung on until the end of 2009. Yeah. And uh, finally, in August, I had taken an order. And I thought that I thought was going to get us through the rest of the year. Went to de- paid paid the guys, bought all the material, built it, went to deliver it, and they were like, "We have to do this on consignment." And I'm like, "Oh no, no, no you don't!" So oh I packed gosh. all the furniture back up in the trailers and took it home. Wow. So, but yeah, um, horrible. And then I let I had to let at that point we only had four or five people left working for us because I just kept thinning the herd as this as the as the market dropped. And you, you know, when you talk about markets, it's, they talk about the housing industry, but honestly, if you, if you're in the furniture business, you know, it first, mm-hmm. and you know, you also know when the market's coming back first, yeah. because people quit buying, you know, people quit buying furniture and, and vanities and sofa tables and stuff when the money's tight, they just stop. Right. And so you, you feel it first, but you also know that when it's starting to turn around before they're remodeling their bathrooms and houses or buying houses again, they're buying furniture again. Mm-hmm. So you start feeling it first too. Um, but anyway, that was, that was that. And, yeah. um, I feel like I went way off on a tangent there. No, but, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, last year I sold so many, um, Christmas orders at this time of year. 
Yeah. And this year, I've not seen yeah. that amount of orders. So I feel like, you know, and everybody's kind of talking about a potential, you know, downturn. I feel like, like you mentioned, we're the, we're the first to feel it. And we could actually be there. Mm-hmm. You know, people aren't going to be buying a $200 cutting board. They're they're buying, you know, the the stuff from dollar store, you know. Are you seeing that in As, your in yeah, your stuff? I mean Yeah, we've definitely well, there's several um there's several key factors that we look at with sales. Mm-hmm. Um and definitely the economy isn't as strong as it was last year. That we don't have a bunch of money being injected into the into the economy. Right. Um but it's not as bad as what people are, what, what I, what I'm hearing, you know, like when I do occasionally turn on the YouTube channels to go, you know, look at uh, video editing techniques or, you know, uh, listen to some music, right. You'll see the, the world's coming to an end, you know, yeah. it's, it's not all that. Yeah. And yeah, um, gas prices are higher. The second gas prices start going up, whether that's diesel, gas, um, kerosene, people stop you see the you'll see the uh the spendable money or the disposable income right spends slow down a little bit yeah and you and i live in a world of uh disposable products we don't sell things we don't sell toilet, toilet paper right you know people don't have to have what we could we, have made a killing during the pandemic <laughs> if we yeah, sell toilet paper i mean paper. <laughs> you know I kick myself in the butt for not owning a toilet paper company right now. But um, <laughs> who would have thought that so know, many people were buying toilet paper during a pandemic? <laughs> yeah, I, I well, you when you think about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't use toilet paper, so yeah. I, I don't have a problem there. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to do the after show with Maggie. <laughs> right, yeah, you're gonna need to. <laughs> Maggie, everybody, Maggie's sitting right next to me too. She's yeah. she's got the uh, she's got a sharp knife, and she pokes me in the leg anytime I get too close to something I shouldn't say. Right, so. <laughs> yeah. Start talking. Hey, we're, we're, that's but, not um, patented yet. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> right, but um, no, it's uh, you know. So my advice is, you know, be frugal about your spends, but. I don't, we're not, we're not looking at another 2008. I don't, I just don't see it. And I'm not a, again, don't take, don't take financial advice from a part-time crazy person, you know? Um, yeah, but I do run with the kind of folks who keep very close track of these things and know their business pretty well. And every one of them are saying, yeah, it's, it's going to get tight, but it's, it's not, you know, it ain't going to be like that. And I tell you, there's a lot of people out there that still have money and are still willing to spend it. They're not as, not as many, but there are still out there. So there's ways to make a living. Yeah. So, uh, I want to back up a little bit. You know, we had talked a little bit, uh, you had mentioned about your process and things like that. And we have a, a listener uh, sure. question, actually a Patreon supporter who had a question. Um, this is from Steve, uh, Mosley with making at home. So let me play that. Hey, Matt. I wanted to find out what part of the process does Izzy like the most? Is it concepting? Is it prototyping? Or is it creating the final product? Ooh, us. Good yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pick yeah, one? Yeah, the answer the answer is the answer is yes. I hate it when it's done. Yeah. And I think honestly, what I really like the most is not something that he mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it is after 
look, I mean, I love all of it. I mean, yeah. that's if I could do nothing but invent all day long, I, I, you know, I mean, come on. Whew. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing I love the most is once I have the product finished, the design finished, is figuring out how I'm going to make it the fastest. Mm. Like, what what's the process look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, how do I, if I need to, like, I just, I think one of my more popular ones that people have seen a lot of the past few months, I, I built a machine that drills three holes simultaneously on the side of this little plastic ring we use for our our quick locks and mm-hmm. you know, we've been making the quick locks for two years yeah. and I'm still looking for ways to make it faster and more right. productive and more accurate and better. And, um, cause not at contrary to popular belief, the CNC does not do everything. So. <laughs> yeah. They think you just push a button and then it just, it magically spits it out and ships it out for you and all that kind of stuff and markets. Yeah, they they could tell that to Maggie the next time she's putting in an eighty hour week in the shipping room. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, um, even the infeed saddle that I got, um, I got that mm-hmm. maybe a year ago, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. you've even changed the mechanism, I think, on the infeed saddle because uh, somebody else yep. posted it, and it's a different mechanism than the one I've got. Yep, we're constantly looking for improvement. Yeah. Um, and I think that what you're talking about is the push pull toggle clamp. We changed from a black kind of cast one mm-hmm. to a, a bent metal one with a rubber tip on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're always hunting. What can we, you know, and that actually costs us more than the one that you had on it, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to, I want to make it the better product. You're still selling it you at know, the same price um, point. Exact same price point. We don't change that. And that was when, you know, and that was when, you know, um, people saw me upgrade my CNC machine. Yeah. Um, we were running the Avids and Avids are decent machines, but I needed to either back when this whole pandemic hit, um, we either needed to get, cause the, what people don't know uh, when that hit the cost of materials yeah. skyrocketed. Right. You know what? I, when I was paying, I was buying, you know, uh, some of the black HTP we use for some of our products for one thirty-five a sheet. And it was now nearly $320 a sheet. Wow. You know, overnight almost. Right. So I either had to get much faster at making the product or I had to raise my prices quite a bit. I had right. to. Maggie and I talked a lot about that. We spent a lot of hard-earned money that we'd been saving up for other things mm-hmm. to up our production game because we didn't want to be the guys that were raising our prices. Yeah. So we went out and bought the Phantom. We went out and bought the Phantom. I spent a lot of sleepless hours getting our process better and faster so we could, you know, basically still break even. Um, no, I don't mean break even like, you know, we're not making any money. I mean, break even like we don't, we can afford those higher material costs, but still sell it for that price point and still make the margin that we have to make to make it a product that is viable for us to keep in our, in our inventory, you know, in, in our, on our, on our store. Um, so, you know, those are all tough choices that when you run businesses that you have to make, you either, you know, especially when things like pandemics hit or you have shortages or, you know, just in crazy increases in material costs. Right. And they happen. And, you know, yeah. that's just, that's just part of the business and people get, I, I know I see what a lot of companies make stuff for and, and you, you know, you typically see, um, like a drill or a, a sander or something companies are looking for three or four times the cost of actually making that. Yeah. Like how much it costs them to make it. So if they're selling it for 300 bucks, it costs them 
75 to $100 to make it. Right. And you think, well, wow, if they, it only costs them 75 bucks, why, why aren't they selling it to me for, you know, 150 Right. I mean, that seems like a reasonable, right? Uh, yeah. Not even close. By the time, you know, and we stay... We we're pretty reasonable about our about our ask. We're not we're not gouging anybody, yeah. and we don't have sales because we literally sell them for the cheapest we can sell the product, um, and still make a margin that makes it reasonable enough for us to make. That's right. why you'll never see a sale on our website. Yeah, but um, you know, once you in, in once you get into all the costs that are involved beyond just manufacturing a product, mm-hmm. and taxes and insurances and uh, material hikes and shortages and everything else and and you know you still have to pay people that are yeah. working for you even if you don't have the material to make a product they have to go home and pay their bills right. so, you know there's a lot that goes into that decision making process so it's a long conversation anyway yeah. i'm gonna bore everybody if i keep going down no, this side we'll stop I here <laughs> i don't think you'd be boring so, anybody I, like for me when i charge for something i typically use a formula i take materials and i times it by 3.3 percent so I know that, yeah. it, you know, roughly. And that's, Matt, that's great. That's really yeah. great because that's a pretty much an industry standard. So, yeah. and there's a reason it's 3.3%. It's not because people are trying to get, you know, rich off of a single item. Mm-hmm. It's because the costs that are associated. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, when, when the material cost goes up, if uh, you were paying 130 bucks a sheet and it goes to 300 bucks, well, that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to charge. Three point three percent of that, uh, because mm-hmm. the, so that sounds like what you're doing is you've increased the maybe for the product cost or or have you taken a little bit of a hit on the margin then? We slight a slight hit, but we've yeah. gotten much faster at making it. Right. So we don't have we're saving on labor. Yeah. You know, basically we're saving on labor time. It's that time. It's that time equation. Right. We're saving on labor and time. So. You know, that balance it off. And I say $300 a sheet sounds like a lot, but when you're cutting 160 parts out of one sheet, yeah. you know, it comes it comes down to, a, you know, 50, 75 cents, 80 cents a part yeah. is the difference. So maybe that might not sound a lot, especially when you're selling a part for 30 bucks, but yeah. there's five parts going into that. So there's nearly $5 already. That's happened, and then the fasteners costs are higher. Yeah. You know, the, all those costs, associated costs, are higher. And when you look at it like it, when you look at it like, oh, it's just one part. Um, well, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you start adding all those things up, it's when it really starts to hit home what it is. But, yeah. and that's, I'm going to warn you, Matt, and everybody watching right now. The question he asked me was about the inventive process and what <laughs> I like most, and this is where we've ended up. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> That's Prepare right. for the train to keep going off those tracks. <laughs> That's okay. We've got a lot of tracks, and and eventually we'll land. <laughs> now we right. may we may land with the fire department at our heels, but <laughs> we'll land. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. So you know, I guess your your slogan is "Design, Build, Invent," and. To me, that tells me yep. that that's the answer is design, build, and invent. You like all three, and it no, at no point mm-hmm. is it sell or market or anything like that. It All three of those things no. are part of the process. No, but if you design a product that stops a struggle, it sells itself. Yeah. You don't need to be a salesman anymore. Right. So You do the- need to be able to market. Sales and marketing are two different things. Sales are knocking on your door, you know, will you buy this vacuum? Yeah. 
marketing is putting the product in front of somebody and showing them what it does and then letting ma- them make the decision. So sales and marketing, it's a misnomer that those things are similar. They are completely two different so, two different things. Right. So you still have to market. I mean, you still got to put some muscle into your, you know, muscle in your hustle mm-hmm. um, when it comes to marketing. But you don't have to be a salesman if you have a product that stops a, a struggle. Because yeah. people are going to they're going to recognize and go I have that problem. I'm going to buy that to stop this problem. So yeah. that's one of the unique things about STS products. When yeah, and so we, I know we talked about STS is solve solve the so solve the uh, stop the struggle. Stop the struggle. Yeah. So um, right. when yeah. when you're doing that and you're producing content, are you showing the struggle or are you just jumping right to the solution? Uh, depends. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I suck at marketing. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I'm a terrible business person, like running a business. Mm-hmm. I'm great conceptually, but actually the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, my paperwork is like the worst you've ever seen. Maggie won't even let me touch it anymore. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> but um, you know, we usually, usually in the first video when we launch the product, we'll show the struggle and then we'll show the fix. Yeah. And then after that, anytime you see the video, it's just doing what it's supposed to do instead of, right. you know, kind of reliving that so people recognize it. Yeah. Um, I should do more of that. Can you write that down? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is the think tank. We're, we're, we're going to come up with a... Look, you, you be the inventor guy and I'll help you out with the, with the marketing part of it. <laughs> as if... Oh, as God, if your I, videos are... Like, you're... <laughs> Your Instagram videos are off the chain, bud. Thanks. When dude. you did that Instagram video of the of the X clamp system just before we sold that to Woodpeckers, yeah. That was oh, fun. oh my! I was like, holy crap! That was fun. I mean, he needs to go work for a product company just doing product videos. It was gorgeous. I was like, yeah. I'm totally that. not going to steal it and post it all over my all over my social because it. it's not mine. I didn't do it, and I'm yeah. not I'm not going to be one of those stupid brands that steals other people's content oh, yeah. to promote their. Shit. Well, so, I'm sure you'd be one of the guys that at least but, asks before you do it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But no, that was your, you know, it really that obviously because I was self interested, that yeah. really caught my eye. And then watching the stuff that you've done after that, just paying attention to your your process, it's just been you know mind boggling and inspiring. You do Thank some you. incredible videos. Thank you. Yeah, it just just like you when you say that you're you know an amateur uh, engineer or whatever. Uh, I would say that I'm a moderate woodworker. I just, it's, you know, it's all in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to come over and pass on some of your edit wisdom, <laughs> Let's do um, it. I'll put you up and feed you steaks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of the times people who have that inventive mind, and, and I've got a little bit of that as well. You know, I've, I've tried to put products or whatever, and I, it's it's taking it to market that's the real struggle so like mm-hmm. when you did your x clamp system and you sold that to wet woodpeckers and they they took it and they now they're laser cutting it and stuff like that was that mm-hmm. hard for you to give up that control no. or was that the goal uh, all along no i think with the x clamps i wasn't sure what i was going to do with that um that solved a problem that i was having yeah um, so Maggie and I, we, most, we haven't really promoted it. In fact, we're actually working on a video where we're going to talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We sell, uh, vacuum templates. Some people know right. about it. Most yeah. people don't. 
it's you know templates that you vacuum down to a, a workpiece instead of double stick tape or use screws or whatever yeah um and we were doing an experiment with cutting boards to see what kind of revenue stream could be built out of like just easy i mean they're nice looking right but they're relatively easy to make you know seven eighths inch thick or three quarter inch thick cutting boards with you know some laminations so I needed to find a way to do that faster. And rather than building a bunch of clamping boards that I had to have all different sizes, all stacked around my shop, that's that's where that came from. I could just take four, you know, I could just take four parallel clamps, drop them in the system, and then I could get it off the rack and on the table in seconds, right. adjusted to the size, you know, perfectly spanned for the most even pressure. So that's where that came from, you know. Um, and if people who know who can you know when you start walking a path um solving problems that path is <laughs> it starts going in 20 different directions yeah. and it's just pick your poison at that point right because once you solve one problem you can recognize in that process of solving that problem you recognize other issues or wants or needs or you know and that just leads you down another path so it's it's yeah. a it's a vicious, vicious, <laughs> yeah, you know, process to to behold. Well, I would think that, that uh, it's kind of freeing to, because you're the process person, much like I'm the process person. I enjoy the the journey, um, being able to just mm. let go of that, let it run its course, and then you can move on to the next problem. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And I think um, uh, I think that's where a lot of people get caught up, especially new inventors. Mm-hmm. Um, they get so involved in the project they're on and trying to make it this perfect thing. And not, not, not that you don't want to make it the best product you can, but until it gets in the ends of the hand users, you're not going to find where all the flaws are. Yeah. You can preemptively cover most of them, but, um, you said the ends of the hand users. <laughs> did I say that? The <laughs> ends to end that. Yeah. It'll make a great reel. Don't worry. You know, it's, 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 it's tipping the, it's tipping the touch of the iceberg, baby. Um, I also talk backwards a lot. Just, you know, yeah, it's just, you one have a of talk my things. of happening backwards. Um, I do. <laughs> yep. And fast. Yeah. So, but no, when you put it, when you put it in the hands of the end user, um, yeah, that's when you're going to find out what you screwed up on or what you missed, or, you know, maybe there was something there that you hadn't thought of that some other piece of person was struggling one struggling with, and you can make a tweak to fix that. So, yeah. um, you know, don't spend, don't spend the rest of your life trying to get one pro one product. Absolutely perfect. Right. And don't get caught up on a single idea. And this is where you see some real poisoning happen to people. You get an inventor who invents something and he thinks it's the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah. And to him, it may very well be, or her, it may very well be. But to 99% of the rest of the population, eh. Right. You know, but they're so vested in it. Yeah. They've dumped their energy, their heart, and everything. When you tell them that it's not something we're interested in, they get offended. Right. They're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I'm like, not, not to me, it's not. Right. Yeah, I'm guilty. You know, maybe to you or, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I, I'm, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you've put that energy, that time, that vested, that thought yeah. to hear somebody say, I'm not really interested in your product. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in a patent. So I always tell people, don't get, you know, patent yeah. costs eight or 9,000, you know, just for a utility patent. It, depending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could be as little as three or four if you do the right, if you do it, yeah. you know, depending on what you're doing, how you're doing it. But you're looking at eight to, you know, sometimes $20,000 for a utility. Right. Yeah, when you I was know, going through the process. Should you patent? 
Yeah, exactly. That that was the question is, you know, going mm -hmm. through the process, the patent mm -hmm. process, should I should I do it? And I didn't want to put a product out there before the patent was out there, but all the patent people were saying, no, just go ahead and do it. If you started, you know, getting the product out there. Um, so do you worry about any of that kind of stuff or do you, do you just no. put it out there and test the market and then deal with the patent stuff later? Uh, no, I, I have, I have patent attorneys. Yeah. I just call them and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What, what should I do? Um, but, and you'll be surprised a good patent attorney 80% of the time will tell you, don't bother patenting it. Right. You know, yeah. a bad one will just want your money and they don't care. Yeah. You know, and it's not that they want your money for the patent because I mean, they do, but they want the own, they want that patent so they can, you know, they can take that to, to court and sue somebody right. and make good money after it. And if you don't have the money and if you don't think the product that you're inventing will bring you the money to back up a patent, and I'm talking to the tune of a half a million dollars is up for a patent lawsuit right. the patent's worthless it's a piece of paper you can wipe your hiney with because right. if you can't back it up it's not worth the paper it's written on yeah yeah all of a sudden that twenty thousand dollar patent becomes a lot less valuable unless you have the unless you have the wherewithal to back it up yeah you can threaten people you can send a you can send a letter yeah. you can even threaten them with a lawsuit but the companies that are typically going to blatantly just rip you off aren't going to care because they have 12 attorneys right. sitting behind a desk somewhere going, we'll, we'll bury these guys in paperwork for the next five years, half a million dollars in lawsuits, yeah. and we'll, we'll just ride this out. And in the meantime, I'm going to be making money. They're going to be selling your stuff and making money off right. of it. And if you think it's recoverable, in some cases, some of it might be, but you know. And I'm not, again, don't take advice yeah. about yeah. patent law yeah. from a crazy person. Total disclaimer you know, for everybody out stuff. there. This is, we're just two guys sitting around yeah. in the lounge drinking, you know, whatever we're drinking. Uh, right, right. I just, I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm sharing my experiences as such as they are. Yeah. Take them as with a grain of salt. Yeah. And don't, it's not gospel, you know. Right. I, if I posted this on Facebook, somebody is going to believe that it's gospel. And that's a lie. It's right. not true. Yeah. This is just my experiences that I'm sharing. So don't, you know, please don't take them any other way. Yeah. Has there been a product that you, uh, going back to the, the whole process and, you know, you've, you start thinking about a product that you think, man, this is the next, this is the next thing best since sliced bread, uh, that you've just really tried to push and it just wasn't, the market wasn't there. No, because you, you're surrounded by a good, a good set of people, I guess that give you good advice. Or... Uh, yeah. Uh, I first of all, I don't usually think that it's you know the next. I don't think I'm going to ever invent anything that's is the next you know good as good as sliced bread thing. I don't think yeah. I I have that skill. Um, you know, I'm never going to change the world with some new type of battery technology. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, what I can do is solve day-to-day -day issues that we have around the shop and in some, you know, in some building types. And there's a few things that I have um, some skill for and a proclivity to, you know, to lean towards those things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, maybe if I invent free energy or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, si sign me up for that as yeah, well. I, <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm going to be signed up for right? by the end of the night. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, but um, 
and that's a joke. That's a joke. Any engineers watching this or listening to this, that's a joke. I am, I'm a complete believer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an absolute complete believer in, in, in the laws of physics. So right. don't think I think free energy is a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I work for an oil and gas company. So uh, <laughs> uh, r- oh, yeah. r- right now yeah. that's paying my bills. Uh, the, the woodworking is just a side hustle, just trying to, to make it. So if I, d- if I do stumble across it, Matt, for you, I'll just burn that sucker down. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It's so do my grandchildren someday. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, like, and on the patent thing, you know, and, and putting products out there, the, the person that, the, the company that is going to produce your product and, and rip off that idea, mm-hmm. they could probably do it at a fraction of the cost. So I guess you're just trying to get stuff out oh, there yeah. as fast as possible mm-hmm. uh, to kind of everybody. What, yeah. Um, so what you guys see, which I know seems like a lot, um, in social media is <laughs> not even close to what's actually going on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, not even close. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, as far as the stuff that we do online with YouTube and the social media and those products, um, I put a provisional on the X clamp system because I knew that was, I mean, I just knew that was going to be a thing. Right. Um, the quick locks, I, I could have put a design patent on, but they're really not a patentable product. Yeah. So, they're, they're, I mean, anybody can make them now, but um, we do have some protection on them in the way of first to market and a few other things, which used to mean a lot more than they do today. Right. Um, but even the quick locks, I can, well, I won't be making those much longer. I'm, I'm working with a great company that's, that's probably going to be making those, and I can't say any more than that. Yeah. Um, Maggie's poking and, you. you know, so I. I <laughs> Yeah, she gave me the dangerous look, you know, <laughs> danger, like, danger. where are you going with this? So, yep. Yeah. Um, so we won't be making those a whole lot longer. Um, so if you want an original quick lock, I, and another thing that we do is people don't know about it and we haven't done a good enough job about marketing it is we also have our products in, in other places. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to buy quick locks, Mike Taylor at Taylor Toolworks yeah. is sitting on good guy crap load of them he just yeah. ordered a buttload of them from us yeah so if you wanted you know if you, and if you order from us you're better off ordering from him because they'll get shipped directly right we we usually not always we usually make a batch of you know x amount and they sit in a box and when, when they, they're gone we might get a couple of orders in in the interim while we're waiting for more plastic to come right and so i mean you're you're going to be waiting much longer from us you know days i should say much days longer if you order from us then you are from Taylor Toolworks yeah. and he sells them for the same price we do. Yeah. So, um, but some people want to buy them from us. So, you know, we still want to make them. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. So, that's all right. All right. That's, that's, that's off the tracks tw- two times now. Let's, let's go. Let's see if we can hit five tonight. <laughs> oh, we'll get there for sure. No problem. Uh, so I know that there's a couple yeah. things that people have, you know, just talking about your most recent posts, we've got, you know, anything from this Izzy lift mm-hmm. system, uh, to, uh, the sandpaper tester, mm-hmm. where do you want to go? Let's, which one do you want to talk about? You, you, you name it, so buddy. I'm there. Let's go with the Izzy lift. I'll tell you anything. I'll tell you anything and everything unless I can't. Yeah. So, so you, many people don't know, like you've, you've recently had a couple health things that have limited mobility, I think is 
the best way to probably put it um around the shop and yeah. that's where the izzy lift yeah. kind of is that where that was born yeah. from uh, most people a lot of people are know that i have back problems i had a major back surgery um a couple of years back and uh what most people don't know is that the two screws i have two large screws that hold my spine to my hips basically mm-hmm. um about below all the cages clips and screws and wires they put in my back mm-hmm. i have these two four and a half inch screws on both sides of my spine mm-hmm. um that were too short they didn't have ones long enough for the size of my my spine structure wow. And my physician, he, he's literally, my, <laughs> my, my physician said, you know, he said, I, I couldn't, he said, I can't believe I didn't get it from the x-rays, but you literally have the largest skeletal structure I've ever seen. Mm. Um, so the screws they had were too short. He said, I should have had six inches here. And it's not like you can just run out of the hardware store right. and buy, buy two six inch titanium screws. And I'd already been on the, I've already been on the operating table for 12 and a half hours. Mm. So he said, I put them in. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, they did fine. I, as long as I took it easy for a year and a half, I was walking, getting around a lot better. And then I had a little slip up in the shop and um, those screws came loose. Mm. So now I'm back in uh, I'm back in the chair most of the time. Yeah. Um, I can stand up and walk around for a few minutes at a time. I can walk with the assistance of a cane. Mm. Um, and in the mornings, I can walk without the cane pretty good for a little while right. until the pain kicks in. Yeah. And then I'm in the chair. You know, and I mean, I mean, I can get in and out of it enough to, you know, I was and Maggie kind of, you know, she kind of was in an offhanded comment, put an end to this mm-hmm. where in video content, I was, I was I'm trying to hide the chair, stand up, mm-hmm. you know, and um, not just own the fact that I'm back in the chair, mm-hmm. you know, just on YouTube content. Right. Because I always feel like if I'm standing, it's there's more presence. Yeah than if I'm sitting, yeah. you know, I feel like, and that's not, it's just when I'm talking and when I'm moving and, you know, I feel like there's more presence when I'm standing right. where I, I'm more present than when I'm, than when I'm sitting. Yeah. And Maggie just made some offhanded comment of kind of about that when we were recording one afternoon, she doesn't even know it hit home with me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm being an idiot. I'm trying to force myself through this pain and discomfort to get through this video when I could do 90% of what I'm doing, just sitting here, right. you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's what sucks people, is that people, people think that they, you know, subconsciously there's, you know, when you're in a meeting or something like that, if, if one person's standing or one person's sitting, that person's already, you know, mm-hmm. positioning themselves in a dominant position. So I don't think you're off base sure. by thinking that, uh, that you're more authoritative mm-hmm. by doing that. Yeah. And for me, it's just, I feel like I'm leaning into it a little more than when I'm sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a there's a there's a personal thing that's a personal psychological thing that's happening in my brain, mm-hmm. and even when I'm editing content or looking at the video content, I feel like I'm a little more subdued when I'm sitting in a chair mm-hmm. than when I'm standing. Yeah, you know, and um, and we're learning we're we're doing some really interesting stuff with our record with our with our videos, and we're actually we'll have the first one out in a, in a few days, and it's a, it's a different style than what we've done. And I like the style. It's a little harder to record. And we suck at some of like the panning shots. I'm starting to learn frame rates and how to make a nice fast pan without it looking like somebody was holding the camera and shaking its head off. <laughs> Blair like, Witch. You know, <laughs> trying to, right, trying to shake it, you know, trying to choke it to death. Um, in fact, we struggled with, Megan and I were out there in the shop struggling with the slider rail for probably, what, 45 three? 45 minutes of shooting and a couple, an hour of setup. Yeah. For shots that are literally going to be three seconds long in our next video, right? 
you know, that's crazy. literally, that's crazy. and we still didn't get them right. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, like, I threw my hands up. This was the second day of spending two or three hours trying to get these little sliding shots. And I'm like, okay, we learned some stuff on this one. Yeah. We'll do better on the next one. And I'm going to go spend a pile of money on automated sliders. So I yeah. don't have to figure out how to <laughs> slide it by hand and jerk Maggie's over there. <laughs> I see the finger. Maggie's a lot more steady than I am. <laughs> She's, yeah. For, for the people in the audience, she, she darn near uh, put her hand over his mouth a second ago. <laughs> but Yeah, when I should spend a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's her. Yeah. But she doesn't get up as early as I do, and I have access to the Amazon account. So, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something shows up. So on the slider, uh, I saw it lifted, what, 720, 740 pounds? We know that's all wheelchair. Um, but the, yeah, sure. <laughs> but the, um, yeah the, lift system, the lift system did, um, can li- well, we lifted myself and the wheelchair, which accumulated was 734 pounds. Yeah, okay. 724 or 34, do you remember? 24. Maggie says 24. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's going to be a huge yeah. help kind of in the, in the shop. So that was a, an invention out of, I mean, it's mm. again, that's, that's nothing like, um, like earth shattering. I mean, they have those types of lifts and stuff like that, no. but it's no, not no, no, for no. a home shop. Yeah. We were, that's pretty, pretty. Innovative. Yeah. We went to, we went to IWF and I went to IWF because Phantom CNC was going to be there. My buddy owns that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know there was going to be some other folks there, so Ethan mm-hmm. invited us. Ethan Builds invited us to to go and you know hang out at the Maker Lounge a little bit. Yeah. So um, so and then Grabo was going to be there. It just made sense for us to go. And I wanted I w- I had already been thinking in my head about buying a lift you know a, a vacuum lift to help us move material around because we have a couple of sheets that weigh nearly four hundred pounds okay. that we have to see and see fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And Maggie, you know, what most people don't know now is that we're a small crew. I mean, I, I, Brad was with us for a few years. He's no longer with us. It's just me, Maggie, and my son, Quinn. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our crew. Yeah. And um, so it's not like I have four guys, you know, or gals or people that I can call that come over and move this sheet for me. And I, I am, I'm an insomniac. I, if I get five hours of sleep, I had a really good night. Most of the time, I'm up at 2 in the morning mm-hmm. on the computer or out in the shop. And I'm not waiting until eight or nine for Matt, for my son to come out to the shop to move some stuff around. Right. So that's where that came from. But you know, getting back to the IWF thing, I was gonna go, I was going there to look at buying one. The cheapest thing I saw there was fourteen thousand dollars, and it was for nothing. Wow! It was nothing. It was a track system, a vacuum pump, and a, basically a, a air sleeve with a with a, a a cloth wrap around it. Yeah. You know, with a couple of little, with a couple of little um, actuation controllers, some pneumatic controllers, and I'm like, I, I, they didn't have more than, you know, a, a thousand, maybe twelve hundred dollars into the material right. into this thing with the labor to build it. Yeah, and they wanted fourteen grand for it, and that was the cheapest one. Wow. You know, they were were averaging around twenty thousand dollars a piece for a six hundred pound lift capacity. Wow. I was like, yeah, no, there's too many people that could benefit from this. And I see it, especially as I get older, other folks are getting older. They want to keep doing slabs or p- working with plywood, yeah. whether they're using it for a CNC or a workbench, whatever it's for. Mm-hmm. This this had to be a thing. So I went home and I figured out how to build one that we could sell for 500 bucks. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great system. I was looking at you the know. website and it uh, looks like you sell a couple different options 
you know, for for people. Yeah, we 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 sell one that you can actuate the grabos from the metal handle, and one that you just push the buttons. So people that want to. The problem with these are this is by far the most expensive thing that we manufacture. It has the the largest cost of manufacturing. Yeah. There's the largest number of parts, assembly. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in between all that stuff. And it's a simple product. Yeah. But people got to remember we're a simple shop. Right. You know, we don't have the type of technology. We have a CNC and we got a CNC and a Maggie. <laughs> you know, so. Um, I've got the CNC. I just need a Maggie. <laughs> Everybody should have a Everybody Maggie. I'm a telling Maggie. you. Yeah, she she's. Great. Everybody needs a Maggie. I got to make a T-shirt that says "Everybody needs a Maggie." Um, I'd buy one. You know, she works as she works as hard as I do. Yeah. And I mean, um, she sleeps a little longer than I do. Right. But works definitely harder than I do. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of moving um, slabs, you have this uh, this mm-hmm. jig that you're working on for uh, flipping over slabs, and I know yep. you you put it out there mm-hmm. asking people, you know, for some questions or comments. Um, so do you have an idea where you're going to take this thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got some really, see when I ask for feedback in a YouTube video, I'm genuine about right. that. I want to see what you have to say. Cause this was one of those things that I felt like I'm not going to, this is never going to be a product I'm going to manufacture. Yeah. I may put some plans out for the final version of it, um, but it's not, it's, it's, you know, well beyond our scope. Yeah. Um, the lift systems I'm hoping I'll grab, will start manufacturing. So we don't have to keep doing yeah. them. Um, which it sounds like there may be a thing. They're also interested in our rock cart and a couple other products. Mm-hmm. It's just up to me to get them the prototypes, which I'm slow on. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the slab flipper, I wanted people's feedback cause I kept feeling like, feeling like there was something I was missing on this product. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I love that when it flips, the legs move back and forth yeah. to give you that balance and kind of equal it, it out. So it, it made more sense for me to just to do a video going, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? Yeah. And we got so many great comments and you know, whenever you ask opinions of people, they're going to give oh, it to you. Yeah. So there's a few of them in there that were like, you know, <laughs> you know, this is dumb. You should just use a strap and they completely lost, you know, yeah. they completely lost the whole why we not using a strap that you know i didn't come out and say this is why we're not using a strap but i mentioned a lot of things about the process of flipping heavy materials that kind of you know preclude a a strap like that's not going to work um but we got a lot of great feedback and there was some there was actually i wish i could remember them now there was two comments in there that really hit home with me Mm -hmm. and they didn't really have like direct this is what you need to do but they led me to that path that's good and that's really where that's really where whiteboarding and I, that was basically a whiteboarding video yeah. is 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 so you know so amazing yeah. um they're great you know, for engagement and i'm i'm <laughs> yeah well no it was yeah yeah i guess that, that's true <laughs> but we had a lot of comments a lot of really good offers a lot of really good opinions um and there was a couple comments in there that really just like kind of like oh yeah Oh yeah, and then that kind of just led me down a path to some changes that we're going to make in the in the final version. Yeah. So, I still but, haven't yeah. got that, a grabo. That, you know, again, that final version's pro- what? What? I know. I still haven't bought one. I, you know, what was it? A couple of years ago, I think you started posting about the grabo, and I was like, man, I need to get that. And uh, yeah, I, even though they're in, they're in Lowe's or Home Depot or something now, and I still haven't picked one up. But yeah, they're they're in Lowe's now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody thought I was nuts when I posted that video. I was like, uh, this 
I forget what the title was. This tool is going to be on every job site in five yeah. years. I think it was the title or something like no, that. No, it's true. You know, it's true. And you know, and a a year and a half later, they're in Lowe's, yeah. and you start seeing them on more and more and more and more job sites everywhere you go. Now, I saw R and R R and R just buildings just posted the other day about it he goes i thought this was gimmicky and now that i'm using one i can't live without it i'm like i told you sucker yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think uh, i think i'll need to pick one up this week or something because it's um there's so many uses for that that type even the just the technology you're you're using it for things that people wouldn't think to use it for which is the templates and stuff like that i mean because i mean cnc tape is great but but if you didn't i mean for mass production Nobody wants to sit there and try to peel the little the tape off the double sided tape yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Does it? Um, well, and like we like I was talking about the the earlier thing is that we we did a little experiment with a business of making cutting boards to see if it was a viable six figure a year income, and we actually you know talked to people. We it wasn't just you know me talking words. If we needed to, Maggie and I could make cutting boards and do six figure income just freaking making cutting right. boards with a router table and a table saw, yeah. you know? Um, so if for us, it was it for us, we, we don't just talk about it. We, and I mean, I know this, this sounds like a PR, sounds like a freaking <laughs> PR scam. We don't, we don't, in a boat, it's all, that's the truth. We don't just talk about what the star stuff, we live our stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we test it. We make sure that what we're saying is true. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, no, Matt, no, I interrupted. No, that's good. Um, yeah, and then the sandpaper tester, you don't have to give away your results uh, oh, uh, yeah. of that here. But how did the oh, – have no, you done the complete test yet? There aren't any yet. yet. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's, it's a cool no, jig. the first one – the first test we're going to do is – yeah. The, well, you know how when you do comparison videos, everybody's going to be like, well, you did this wrong or you put too much right. pressure on this one or you introduced human error. Well, we're taking the human error out of the equation. Yeah. And the first thing we're doing is we're testing five different dust extractors, you know, some that are comparable in price range and some that are a little bit more affordable um, and just putting them side by side and, and using that unit to test them to see what kind of results we get, you know, and we're just doing the black glove tests. We're not, you know, I'm not getting my um, particle meter out to measure the air, you know, right. you know, you, you see some YouTubers get their particle <laughs> oh, yeah. meter out and I'm just like, yeah, really folks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> and I get it, I get it, but I mean, you'll never, you, you might see me get my anemometer out, um, just in case you don't know what that is, it measures wind velocity or air movement, and that will just to be, see, that's just so I can check to see how much hot air I'm full of, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, you know, um, so we're going to do that, we're going to do the black glove test, so, you know, sand something white on a black surface, sweep it off, see how much crap is left on your finger. Yeah. Um, that's, that's our, that's our, that's our fancy test. No, <laughs> so, but, um, well, awesome. Yeah. So that's happening. And then we're going to test some, we've got some sandpaper stuff that we're going to test our buddy, our buddy over at Lincoln Street's doing a video on some of the sandpaper right now. And, uh, we're just going to let him run with that and give him a few weeks to get his views in and we'll, we're going to do our own little test afterwards. Yeah. So. Between the two of you guys, um, you probably have a million and a half, uh, YouTube subscribers. So I'm sure it's going to get some discussion. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how many John has, or yeah. quite frankly, I don't know where we're at. Um, yeah, uh, I know it's over eight hundred thousand. Yeah, so. yeah, I think he's he's but, up um, there for sure. Uh, he's, he's he's. I don't. Yeah, I, I 
I know his views are, he gets, I mean, for a guy who's put out 10 or 15 videos, his views are off the chain, but he, he has an amazing process. I mean, it is something that I would never in my life ever, 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 ever do. Um, views, views be damned. I don't care about, you know, that. Um, but it is mind boggling what he goes through to make a single video. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) <laughs> it's analytical in the extreme. Right, exactly. And he does not make a video unless he's 99% sure it's going to get lots of views. Right, and that's evident. He won't just make a video for the sake of making one. I think one. he only has like 12 yeah. videos out there. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's not many. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So do you um, – I saw you sell some digital files and plans and stuff like that, and we've talked a little bit about it. Um, do you mm-hmm. think that there will be more of – that kind of going forward what's the plan for digital files as people try to yeah so going i'm glad you asked that because we're going through a transition here we i think we actually found someone to manufacture some of our stuff for us which we've been hunting for a while um but yeah you know you can't just say hey i want you know izzy i'll make this stuff for you Mm -hmm. it's it's not that simple i mean there's a lot there's material acquisition there's the there's the legal side of it there's um, you know, how we set up orders coming through that go to them so they can manufacture and fulfill. And, um, you know, we're not, I mean, the guy I'm talking to, he's a great guy, absolutely trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we take 15% of the profit and he takes everything else. And that's kind of where we want to be is like, I'm comfortable at that 15% mark, which is how I work with a lot of tool companies that I design for and stuff, which is pretty high on an industry right. level. So, um, but you know, if you, so don't go to a tool company asking for 15% <laughs> if it's your first time out of the gate, right. they will, they will not only laugh at you, but they will escort you out the door with the boot. <laughs> um, so we're, you know, so we're working on that. So our, our strategy moving forward is classes, Okay. you know, but first we want, so in the sequence of things outside of our tiny home business and the, the, the try on group and the investment groups, um, more videos get better at the content and I don't, and I don't, you know, um, how do I make that more engaged? How do I make that content more engaging, more fast paced? So it's, uh, what, what's the word I use more consumable or John may have used it. It's so it's more consumable. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're working on right now. Once we have that process done, so figure two or three months, we're moving into, um, courses. So we want to make some business related CNC courses, um, how, not just how to run a CNC for business, but how to actually find work, what to look for, what to avoid, yeah. those kind of things. So we're going to do some courses along those lines. And then I think once the courses are done classes and, you know, Maggie's been after me about doing more plan sets and taking my furniture designing skills to design more things like bedded and Adirondack chairs and things that people would be interested in building. Yeah. Um, so we're going to try some of that. Cool. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm 50. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be 50 in a few months. Um, I'm not, I, I have to, at some point recognize that I'm not 30 years anymore yeah. and I have to start taking better care of myself. And Maggie says to do that, I have to quit working 80 to hundred hours a week. <laughs> you got to sleep so a little a more than five hours a night. Yeah. I don't know. I've been doing that since I was 20. Yeah. So I just tell people if I die, if I die when I'm 55, I'll have lived more than the average person who lives to 75. That's true. 
I mean, waking hours. If we're, if we're qualifying right, waking right. hours, I have been awake more than somebody who lives to like, not 75, 72. Yeah. I did the math yeah. once. So. <laughs> of course but, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, so I, I want to record um, a little bit for an after show. And in the after show, I'm going to do uh, okay. something that I'm, I'm calling uh, rapid fire. And so we'll go okay. through that. Uh, basically, I'm going to just give you a phrase or a question. You, you just respond, you know, as you see in the first, you know, your first response type of thing. Um, Got you. But before we head over to the after show, one last question. What's the future of uh, Izzy Swan and production slash Maggie? <laughs> um, so the Izzy Swan production we're going to start outsourcing a lot of that, and I don't mean. I mean, we're going to, we're still designing for some tool companies and and moving product with them, and you'll in some of those companies you'll see my name on it. Other other ones you won't. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things I'd like to do is do more designing for companies like, you know, um, like Woodpecker Tools and like um, some of. The, well, I have relationships I can't right. name, yeah, yeah, so I don't want to give anything mm -hmm. away right there, but. Um, you know, for them, when see my name on some tools, you know, kind of my legacy, so yeah. to speak, beyond what we've done on social media and some of the other stuff I've done. Yeah. Um, so that we'd like to do more of, and we want to relax more. Yeah. So we're going to spend the next, we're going to spend the rest of the winter procuring stuff and designing things for our, I call it tiny home, yeah. uh, 600, 600 square feet of indoor space and almost 2,000 square feet of usable yeah, space. that's tiny. So it's my tiny yeah. home, my version, <laughs> my version. Um, and we're looking for some land uh, up in the mountains with a river on it. Oh, and man. we're going to build this, spend the next couple of years building this tiny home. And uh, something unique about that, and I won't, I won't, this is an entirely enclosed ecosystem that we're building. That's, that's my Very challenge cool. to myself. So no well, no septic, yeah. no water hookups. We're doing all, um, at, all atmospheric water condensation. Yeah. a system I designed a few years cool. back. I want to put that in generating our own power take care of our own poo yeah. all this stuff so <laughs> you're gonna incinerate. maggie's like tell them it's gonna be an incinerating toilet we're not gonna have a composting toilet you're, you're not gonna be so, making uh fire starters no. out of your poo <laughs> no we're not making poo fire Ooh, poo fire starters. no hey no i can't imagine what that <laughs> yeah i what would that smell I don't like know. it though? works great but it smells like mm. <laughs> oh oh yeah okay that's right. That's that's the swear, that's the word, swear word button. button. Yeah. I was thinking it was the marker yeah. button. Right, right. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. So I Yeah, no, it works great, but it smells like bleep. <laughs> so uh Yeah. Uh so anyway, that's what we want to do. Cool. And now you want to go to the we wanted to do the after yeah, show. Yeah, we want to head over to the after show. I know that I said that was the last question, but one la one last last question is you're a fifth generation. Uh, -huh. uh will this will this carry on to sixth generation? What's your thoughts on that? Uh we'll see. When I was when I was my children's age that would move into this, I was not interested in what I do yeah. now. So I have I have one that's showing some interest, and I think as he, like Quinn's with us now, I think as he realizes the potential yeah. of what this could be in so many, you know, hundreds of different directions, he may take interest in it. And I have one other one that I have some hopes yeah. for. But honestly, I think if you would have asked my father or my grandfather if I was the kid that was going to come back and do this, they would have said, absolutely yeah. not. You know, this is like I would be the last one they would pick that would come back to the, Oh yeah, we'll call it the trades for lack of a better there term. So, 
Nice. Well, Izzy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Um, like I said, we're going to head over to the after show. Um, but if people right aren't on. following you already, which I imagine uh, 99% of my audience is already <laughs> following you, uh, but tell people where they can, where they can find mm-hmm. you on your various socials. Well, I'm at um, uh, the Maker Lounge Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> yep. Um, you can find me there. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, what's your what's your what's your Instagram handle, Matt? Voltner, Voltner uh, Woodworking. Vol, help, Voltner Woodworking yep. on Instagram. You can find me there. <laughs> YouTube channel is the same, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I like it. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah, it, you could find me at Voltner um, Woodworking on YouTube. Yeah, so. yeah well, that's good. Go. And and coincidentally, I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking, and you can find me on Instagram at Voltner Woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy and I, uh, we we share a lot of no, ideas. All, <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, if you want to find find me, just type Izzy Swan in anywhere, and I pop yeah. up. Yeah, I go. I just just for the fun of it, I googled, and I was like, let me see the, the top ten things that pop up when i google izzy swan um and when i google izzy swan your photos in the top 10 in every single slot and when i google matt voltner there's a bunch of different random people so i gotta work on my google presence (laughs) yeah but what you're not telling everybody is matt that in slot number 11 is that hot chick from um the vampire movies back in the day oh buffy buffy the vampire what were they called Uh, no, not not Buffy. Oh. the The movie series. Twilight. Oh, Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> so the girl, the girl's name in there, the the main character's name was uh, uh, um, Isabella Swan, and everybody called her Izzy. So it's Izzy Swan. That's great. So if you actually type it in and you look down the profile pictures, it's this fat, middle aged, woodworking <laughs> redneck, and then you know a bunch of that, and then there's this this cute girl. I'm like, yeah. great. That's what I get to yeah. you know. <laughs> so, not bad for marketing, I guess. <laughs> I suppose yeah. not. Well, so. thank you so much. Uh, so we've got some uh, patrons. Thank you to the patrons uh, of the Maker Lounge podcast. Um, we've got uh, Matthew with uh, Archino Sierra. Um, and we've got Jimmy McAnally in the top tier spots. We've got Steve with Making It at Home and Justin with J&E Designs. Uh, and we've also uh, added Annette with 513 Woodwork. So if you want to be a patron supporter, Head over to patreon.com slash Maker Lounge Podcast, and you can uh, get access to early access to the podcasts, as well as uh, we've got an Instagram chat. Uh, so we talk about different ideas and things that the patrons are looking for. So it's a it's a great, uh, great time. You get a lot of great mm-hmm. benefits out of being a Patreon supporter. So head on over there. And I, Matt, can I mention that I um, these things take a lot of work and the fact that you're doing this is pretty impressive and if if people are enjoying this they really should go over there and help support you i mean every every little bit of that helps as a content creator we really understand that so go do it i appreciate that yeah i mean right now this podcast costs me more you know my kid my wife tucking the kids into bed and you know trying to keep them quiet and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of things like you say um that don't end up in the content that we produce that that us as content creators put out there a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and this the, the podcast does you know you pay for every hour that you record essentially um and for all the different you know channels website you know it's 25 bucks a month uh, you know all that kind of stuff so it, it adds yep. up so every dollar every patron supporter so thanks izzy for saying that uh i think it you know you're welcome just across the board thank you for doing yeah. this 
Um, so next week, I'm still lining out next week's guest, um, but um, I think it's going to be a great one. And um, if I can, I'm trying to line up a couple different people. So we'll uh, we'll see if that that lands. But we'll head on over to the after show again. Thanks for supporting the Maker Lounge podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. We are heading into the after show. If you're not a patron, we'll see you next week for another great episode. But if you are, you will receive a link to listen to the after show. Thanks so much for listening and sharing the podcast with your friends.